She got naked in the jacuzzi there. And welcome to the Down and Front Podcast. (laughs) The best place in the universe or in any lifetime that you can go to to hear some great movie reviews on great movies and sometimes not so great movies, as the case might be tonight. Uh, But as always, I am the Mouth of South Bryland. I am hosting tonight because uh, Warren is flying around the world somewhere. And Mocha's flying around the world somewhere as well. But I am also joined by the one and only, the Shredder, Mike Blewett. How are you doing this evening? Oh, fantastic. How are you That's doing? That's great to hear. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I had a nice, relaxing day, which is always good. Haven't had that since Nam. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what have, uh, what's uh, been going on? What have you been sipping on tonight? And what have you been watching recently? Yeah, so I stumbled in on my roommate watching You, which is some TV show uh, on Netflix. I accidentally watched an episode and a half of it. I don't know any of the characters' names because it was midway through, and it's like a stalker mystery. But him and my girlfriend were watching it pretty intently. I forget. I think I was literally doing the last podcast we had, and that was like the end of the night. Um, Besides that... It's literally just all been the Patriots. I do nothing but sit around and watch film on the Pats, which is like the nerdiest thing I've ever said in my entire life. But so, yeah, uh, I am now drinking a little bit of gin for the first time in my life uh, because it is a low calorie option when paired with tonic water or soda water. I bought the one that has zero calories because uh, I just turned 30 and I'm fat. Um, and it is Bully Boy <laughs> from Boston. Um, Literally just bought it because it says Boston on the label, and I am such a such a townie, um, <laughs> as you can tell by my you accent should. and what I've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> Have you put uh, juice in that gin? I dropped a couple. Um, <laughs> that took me way too long to get. No, <laughs> I put a couple pineapples in there just to give it a little bit of a, a little bit of flavor right. besides like the normal wood chip flavor that gin has which i don't hate as much as i did when i was like 21 um yeah gin straight i mean it's i don't know maybe it's something where you gotta reach the age where you don't care anymore yeah yeah (laughs) and it becomes and then you're like oh this is kind of tasty you're like weathered (laughs) and you're like ah just give me a give me a shot of gin (laughs) (laughs) that's great to hear good to have you this evening oh thank you sir and uh, what I've been <laughs> drinking right now is uh, Last of My Gentleman Jack, so I'm going to finish that off. And I've been looking at other whiskey um, vintages or distilleries around the country, so hopefully I'll get something uh, new next time, which hey. is good to go to comfort food sometimes, but every once in a while you want to explore as well. Have you got the uh, White Walker yet? I've not gotten the White Walker. Yet, oh, though. I I would maybe pick up a bottle like soonish, 
Uh, I had some a couple months ago, and it's really good whiskey. Uh, my guess is they're going to start selling out as everyone starts prepping for their Game of Thrones oh, yeah. comeback parties. Um, which I have you seen the trailer for that yet? Oh yeah, it's amazing. Really, I'm holding off on it. I'm like weirdly doing a warrant on this because oh, I don't okay. trust HBO to not show me something cool. Yeah, I mean they should they show something cool, but it you know it's one of those pieces that doesn't really show clips from the uh, show or anything like that. Mm. So it's actually just staged to kind of give you a mood about what to expect coming up in the uh, show in the season. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, one thing, if you do watch it, one thing I would say about it is like, why is Sansa eight feet tall? I mean, it's crazy how tall she is now. Pim, pim particles. Pim particles can do that. Absolutely. Uh, but what have I been watching uh, recently? Um, I checked out uh, the pilot for a new sci-fi show that I think is the first television show that the Russo brothers have produced, uh, which is called Deadly Class. It's how, also how based. Uh, it's actually very good. Uh, I like the uh, pilot to it. Um, it's based on a comic book as well uh, about a group of uh, high school kids who also are assassins. So makes an interesting clash of like high school life and also killing people in weird, crazy ways. Uh, but I thought that the pilot set up the characters pretty neatly. And it, at first I was kind of worried that it was going to be kind of like wanted, but it seems like they actually are building out uh, a lot more character and depth in this show. And it's also great to see, um, Oh, uh, Benedict Juan, as the schoolmaster, so it's pretty cool to see him as like more of a ruthless uh, version of his uh, character from Doctor Strange. It's pretty neat. So it's interesting because the Russo brothers got their start on Community. Um, so it's kind of oh, interesting yeah, right. that they're combining the first thing they were famous for and then the next thing that they were famous for in one. So <laughs> it's funny that you should bring it up that it is a developed, it's not just like a wanted surface level thing because they can clearly do. Uh, mixtures of characters in a school setting. You know, that was obviously college, but uh, a lot of their characters were uh, arrested development and pretty much in high school. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely going to check out uh, the season as it goes along and see, uh, does it does it actually pay off or is it uh, something that was like had a nice pilot and then just didn't really go anywhere with it, but they add a lot of substance to the pilot. So I hope they build on it effectively. Uh, the other show I've been watching, uh, that I just like got addicted to and binged outright much like half of America. And now I have, uh, 50% more of my drawer space back is tidying up with Marie Kondo on Netflix. Uh, and I don't know what it was about it. I just saw it on Netflix. I started watching the first episode and, Marie Kondo is just speaking to me on a level that it's like, I totally get what you are saying and you actually motivate me to organize my stuff a bit better or a bit differently. And so I've organized, she is all about being like this strange Japanese Mary Poppins that visits people's houses and is all about uh, helping people just get rid of the stuff they don't need anymore and keep the stuff that actually sparks joy in their life. But everything is done from a positive space. And I think that's a good 
like message that she's sending around. It's not about uh, like these people that come in and like renovate someone's kitchen and says, Oh, you got three smokers and a robotic uh, dishwasher now. And it's okay. We covered the cost of building it, but you're going to pay all the taxes surprise. And then they leave after three days. Uh, no, she actually spends a month with the people, and it's all about just like focusing on those people and building good habits and good behavior. And I think that's what's really cool about it. It's just a very simple message. Um, and it also uh, just her, her like doing these things that are probably very traditional for her, but also just seen as very odd. Uh, like her, she'll greet the house by kneeling down and waving her hands over the floor, the floor of the house to kind of like communicate with it before she starts like helping people tidying up just to get a vibe of the energy of the house is really neat. But um, yeah, it's a, it's really entertaining. It's very easy to watch and binge and you know, you pick up some good uh, life skills about it. It's really fun. I, I can't get it. Have you uh, watched it? No, I, I can't, can't get it everything. That? Everything that I've heard about it is like, insane i mean i hear that there's a lot of good practical positive tips in letting go i think as uh, as a yeah. people a lot of times there's this negative connotation when it comes to saying goodbye to something um yeah it's too much i i also just <laughs> don't need that i'm still i'm still getting yeah. through my queer eye phase i'm still i got a couple episodes of that left for when i start to feel bad about myself um Okay. Maybe I'll put on Miss Kondo afterwards, but something says no. Yeah, I would say if you're feeling like the need for some self-improvement, not a bad show to watch because it's not trying to change who you are. And it's cool to see that it's not about orders and stuff. It's just making sure normal people take care of their stuff and understand what it's for as well. If, if uh, I need but to, definitely watch that on. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, if I, if I need to feel better about myself, I'm just going to throw on an episode of Cops. <laughs> that's another way to do it as well awesome so we are here to review a new Keanu Reeves movie called Replicas but before we get into that uh, we always like to give a shout out or a commemoration to uh, someone significant and so uh, we're going to do our send a sip and I'm going to start uh after leaving uh, replicas while seeing the movie, I wasn't sure what to think started to begin to process this movie. Uh, but two old dudes that were walking out behind me in the movie theater, I overheard them say, um, you know what? That wasn't a bad movie. It made you really think about the future. And I, I found their conversation really just interesting that like, Hey, these two people got a very complex intellectually stimulating uh, story out of watching this movie. And so two old dudes that found this to be a very intelligent movie, I'm going to send my sip out to you just because, um, yeah, if that does it for you, congratulations. Appreciate it. How about you, Blewett? I'm going to send a sip to the only other two people in the movie theater. I was there with a couple and uh, good for you for going on a Monday night at 10 p.m. To a hot garbage of a movie. <laughs> a movie that didn't get re well reviewed, made no money over the weekend, and therefore had no buzz. And we sat in like a 50-person theater together. And they were the only other people in it. And I was actually... 
I respected that they came down because they forced me to watch the movie. I've done a couple of these movies where they've been bad <laughs> and I've been the only one in the theater because it's been like, you know, an 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. And yeah. and I'll just sit there and just like play with my phone and like, look, I'm pretty sure I did this for Transformers. Like I just was on my phone messing around with that and occasionally looking up and watching Mark Wahlberg's stupid face. Yeah. Yeah. So send a sip to those two people for keeping keeping me in check. Really sticking it in there. Awesome. Congratulations. Old yes. people at movie theaters. You keep us honest. But uh, we will get into our view very shortly. But before then, uh, just a reminder, our review will be filled with spoilers for the movie Replica starring Keanu Reeves, Alice Eve, and the guy from Silicon Valley. Playing <laughs> that's the guy from it. Silicon Valley. <laughs> but uh, we will take a short break and join us very shortly for our review of Replicas. review uh the new keanu reeves thriller replicas starring keanu reeves and alice eve and thomas middleditch and some other people in there too (laughs) but uh we're going to start by talking more about the characters in the story and um Mr. Blewett, how about you take the honors and start off by what are some characters and story points you'd like to bring up? So none of it made any sense. They <laughs> like uh, I like these I like these movies where you can kind of like rewrite them. I, and I think this is kind of a nice opportunity where this two of us we could just bounce ideas off the off each other. Like they they pretty much right away showed you what the entire movie would be about where I, and so truthfully I had kind of had it flipped. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I thought Zoe was going to be the one that died and he'd have to bring her back as like a robot. But within the first couple minutes, you're like, Oh yeah, his family's going to die and he's going to have to try and bring them back. Um, but like where the hell did they get cloning from? All like they were yeah. working on robots <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's just like, He's like, I know it's illegal to do, but you've cloned sheep before. And the guy's like, yeah, <laughs> but I can clone a human. It's like, where did that come from? Uh, they, it just, it, the whole thing was just so many logical leaps had to be made. And like every other turn of event, I, I think you talked about this in pre-production where like he told Alice Eve's character, Mona, that she was a replica and the kids were replicas. And then she's just like, yeah, okay. And then, like, they went to bed together. It's like, like, no, that should be a huge watershed moment that you like you have this mate like this coming to. I I think they should have slowed it the hell down, (laughs) especially when they were talking about watershed memories as the 
key point of fixing this whole time. Right, too. right. They should have <laughs> slowed it down. They should have they should have explored him at work a little bit more and showed his failures at work. And then like maybe not shown the family, like done the vacation at the midpoint. You know, they did that. The, they yeah. basically started the plot. The whole thing was basically waiting. You, you, <laughs> the plot happened within the first 15 minutes. That was the exciting part. And then you literally watch Keanu Reeves house it for the entire rest of the movie, which like he was fine. He did his like, oh, thing. Like it was kind of Bill. <laughs> it's like Bill and Ted. If he grew up and stopped smoking pot for about two weeks, that's yeah. what Keanu Reeves was in this movie. Um, they, they should have just taken that car crash, let them explore the ethics because they have a really cool point. The point of this movie is if someone passes on, is it right to let them go? You know, and, and the, the other side of that, the other big question is if you bring them back, are they really the same person? Uh, and then the, the true overarching question is what does it mean to be a person? And they talked right. about this in the movie where Mona uh, tells, was it Bill, William? Um, I mean, yeah. These, she's like, well, you know, that missing point is just the soul, which they actually answered in the movie. The missing point isn't a soul. Yeah. It's literally an electrical signal sent to the rest of your body. That's, a, that's one thing that I actually kind of appreciate about this movie is like, they didn't, I mean, they didn't kind of keep that as ambiguous as most movies will when they deal with this type of technology. They're like, oh, no, we're going to put a definitive answer in here about what the soul is. And it's some type of data communication that your body's giving to your brain. Yeah, but they didn't actually say that. You know, no, it's like. They're just but they actually were showing it when he was touching her body when there was no memory put in but her. But they, they don't also didn't drive the point home. You know, like they like they you did. could no. you could I feel like you had to be somewhat astute to be like, oh yeah, that thing they did there completely counteracts that thing that she did over here. And so like that they they had a very interesting point and they just needed to slow the hell down with it. Let our characters really sit in you know, maybe have him do well with a robot, you know, and then be like, hey, you know, and then introduce the car crash. Like, get a robot that's fully functional walking around and start having that conversation of like, well, are you really the soldier or are you not? Um, and then and then have the car crash and then you can maybe bring in, well, maybe we'll put him in a robot or, hey, I can maybe clone a person. And then you could have that conversation in the back half. Instead, we got that in the first 20 minutes. And then you went through the whole rest of the movie and then all of a sudden you introduce like uh, a sci-fi thriller aspect of it where like there's yeah. a shadow government uh, organization that's pulling the strings. And of course, they're going to weaponize the whole thing, which that kind of would have been a nice like twist if it was earned at all. Like you knew no. that guy was like <laughs> a bad guy the whole time. And like it didn't seem like he was really pulling that many strings like he's like, oh yeah, the, the the car accident was like a you know an accident, uh, and then we just kind of like help push you along with it. But it's like, no, you didn't. Like, give me some like concrete evidence of stuff you did to help <laughs> him out. You know, like to get him to the point where he needed to be, or or just cause the car accident. You know, that would have been a cool reveal. I mean, it's been done to death, but that would have been a cool reveal. Um, and also one last thing on the story 
if you're about to chase some people through a hospital and they're trying to actively like shut off their signals, <laughs> leave one idiot in the car. Leave one idiot to keep the car running. That's all they would have done, and that family would have been popped. Bam, 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 bam. Done. Like, that's it. Yeah, and there's, uh, I mean, the plot in this movie is just full of holes and everything, and it gets to the point where um, it's like, the whole issue that happens to with with his family, how they die in the car wreck and everything, and when he brings them back to life and then the government starts coming after, the first thing they do, get back right in the car with the same person that wrecked. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's not, don't y'all remember what happened last time? Oh, wait, be, no, he took your movies away about that. That'd so. be wicked funny if she was just like, maybe I should drive. <laughs> also also they had a see this is the thing that kills me about this movie is they had some kind of cool ideas we already talked about the philosophical yeah. idea but then when he brings her back and then lies to her that's kind of an interesting point too of like how long can he All keep right. that going like again you know adjusting our time maybe the whole accident happens in the first 20 minutes and then we live with her for a while you know i personally think they shouldn't have shown pretty much anything with the wife and kids until after they brought her back um right. because you could have had her going show her day-to-day life. Like maybe show him leave for work in the beginning of the movie, you know, go through his day, like say hi to the wife, but not really focus on her. Like she's doing her stuff in the background and then flip it. After he brings her back, you show her doing the same morning routine. And so like waving to him at the breakfast nook and then going out for a run, like show her side of what a normal day is and how she's recovering. Like they had this cool moment where she was like, feeling her chest when she was running and she clearly knew something was up live with that moment that moment was a cool moment of like her trying to figure out and her understanding that life quote unquote isn't what it really was you could have flipped the characters on that on their head at that point giving keanu reeves the first half of the movie to be like the wacky scientist and then give her and do like a philosophical drama and trying to figure out what it means to be human and what she's missing Instead, nothing. We got shadow government four minutes later. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, it. it's definitely a movie that had some cool ideas that you need to explore a bit. Like, I thought that was, um, it was really weird that it was the wife that brought up Zoe, even after her, everybody's memories of Zoe are taken out, and he cleans his house of images of Zoe but uh, they're talking about how they pick up on these other little, um, uh, other little clues around the house that they didn't know about, and then they start being very, very curious about Zoe and what's going on here. Because we could definitely tell, like whatever the merger is of their mind with these new clone bodies, it's not perfect. Even if they don't become killing machines or anything like that, there's just not. It's not going to be a perfect thing, um, and. But what I would kept on thinking of was, okay, when is like his boss going to say, oh, is Zoe not here? Is she in a room or something when he walked in? Uh, but Or is um, Thomas Middleditch going to accidentally mention Zoe's name while mm. hanging out with the family that I thought would come from someone else who he can't erase their memories from because right. he didn't clone them. Right. Uh, but no, it just comes out to like the professor or his boss coming in and saying like, uh, I know what you did. Ha ha. Surprise. I'm a villain. I'm right. going to take my property back. Right. Right. <laughs> also, why was that guy the villain? It should have been, uh, it should have been, what's his name? Peter? Richard? Thomas Middleditch. Yeah. What's his from Silicon Valley? 
Uh, Ed? Richard? Ed? I want to say Ed. I have no idea. I haven't watched the show in a million years. Oh, oh, Richard from Silicon Valley? Yeah. So like, yeah, it's Richard. I, I thought they, they, I mean, again, this would have been super stereotypical, but like, have him be the bad guy. Have him being the one who is like closing, you know, keeping a close eye on Keanu Reeves the entire time and then have him snap out of the nerd. You know, like they had him play the same yeah. character he played in Silicon Valley and like or the rising commercials. You have to have more range as an actor. Like I understand what <laughs> makes you money, but like this guy got hired for multiple things. Like he has to be able to do more than just that. It would have been right. cool to see the character switch at the end and be the one that was pulling the strings and give the ominous villain monologue. Uh, but instead, no, he was the same idiot who just got bullied by the other, the obvious villain and then got shot in the head. Spoiler alert for a movie already spoiled. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but, um, I, I was when this movie first started. I was kind of curious, like, what type of movie was I going to see? Like, I definitely saw that it was getting terrible reviews. I had friends mention that this is so bad they don't want to even talk about it. Um, but also, um, I was when it first started. I was like, okay, is this a bad movie that happens star Keanu Reeves, or is this a Keanu bad movie? And I was kind of happy once he put on that AR visor and started to code by imitating Tom Cruise and Minority Report. I was like, oh, fantastic. I know exactly what type of Keanu movie this is. and It's going to be bad and it's going to be cheesy as hell. And it did not disappoint on how much Keanu-ness was in this movie, too. Um, he gets some great lines that can go with the best Keanu quotes like, Loved it whenever he said charge the mem drives or energize the body. <laughs> that that some of the most the most dramatically filmed parts in this movie are him and Tom Middleditch arguing over three versus four pods to grow people in. And then also right after that, arguing where they make this big dramatic moment of pulling a person's name out of a bowl. <laughs> and I'm like uh, if, if that's as shallow you're going to go and you're going to make a big deal about those points, I mean, fantastic. I want to see this train wreck even more. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, <laughs> along with, um, along with, like, Alice Eve, just, like, after she comes back as the cloned Alice, uh, clone Mona, just being all nonchalant and cool with uh, what happened with her. Even though uh, she's like, she shows concern, but all of a sudden, oh, if the government's after us, I mean, it doesn't matter. We're just going to find a way to survive now. They just really just kick any opportunity to explore that, explore the big idea of what it means to be alive and what does it mean to transfer your memory into a new body uh, type of thing. Um, but also the kids, the, when the kids start freaking out, like the girl has a total like nightmare about the car wreck which you think would be a huge traumatic experience and then will comes in and just uh hugs her and says oh it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay it was just a nightmare and she believes it and that's it you'd never visit that again and then i guess they end up making fun of the son who's just like spills things regularly now so it's like oh that's our matt he just spills things now well actually you raised a very <laughs> good point of uh, another thing they could have explored um which is kind of a cool idea of if you were a parent how far do you go to keep your kids out of like harm and so a lot of times it's physical harm you know 
Um, but in a lot of other times, it's uh, mental arm. And so they had a really co- cool point where she remembers this bad moment and he can alter her memory to not have it. And and so it'd be interesting to see as a character study for Keanu how far he would go to make her the happiest child in the wo- world. And because I'm a firm believer that, you know, uh, like every other white chick's Facebook, uh, you know, it's it's the stepping stones that make the river or some, I don't know. It's, 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 it's the pebbles that make the Yeah, it's ripples. the hardships that people go through that grow you as an individual. It's getting knocked down, knocked in your backside. It's how you get up rather than how you stand there, you know? Um, and so it would have been an interesting thing if he had the ability to make her life quote unquote perfect and happy. And she only remembers the good things, how that would affect her as a person and reaching that point of no return of like, Oh my God, I've basically Xanaxed her to a point where she's no longer a human being anymore anymore. And so that would have been a cool idea. Sorry. I didn't even think about that. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think that's, that's you raise a very cool point. Yeah. Um, and I was hoping they would kind of explore it a little bit more because they do set up a neat idea where when they first tried to do the memory transfer of this, um, of this soldier into a robot body it i mean they show like what you should show is that if you put a human being into a machine they're gonna look around and be like what the fuck is this why can't i feel my heart why can't i touch my skin or feel hair or anything like that it's what is this metal and stuff and yeah i would kind of rip my face off too if that happened to me um and that was that was interesting to explore but they definitely bring in like all these tropes that are very obvious where eventually like when they explain exactly what the soul is that that's all they need to do is write an algorithm that can capture that part of the uh data transfer as well and um and then they um use it for and for some reason kanu decides well i guess it's a valid reason that he needed a body source as well as a mind source to uh map and put into these algorithms that uh, he uh, navigates beautifully in uh, Windows 25 or whatever he's using. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and but I mean, like when he goes into that bathroom and shoots his own eye with that needle, I'm like, oh, this—he's just gone off the deep end. He's crazy. But they're not acknowledging any of his psychosis. That after he wrecks his car. The first thing that he does when, as soon as he leaves the car, is like, "All right, I gotta, I gotta clone my family and put their memories in there and capture their memories." And so, where is this journey of him going from this brilliant scientist that's trying to change the world to like just super obsessed with the technology he has? I mean, it doesn't really earn any of that at all. No, no, yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, the only other character I would mention is uh, Jones, who's played by John Ortiz. Um, He acts like just like the normal office boss for the first half of the movie. And then when he does have his villain turn, it's so cheesy that it kind of works well with what Keanu's doing. And so it's just like, hey, if Keanu's being cheesy and corny as hell, might as well follow along with them. So it's like two clowns just fighting one another at the (laughs) end with wits of words or what they think are wits of words or text speak that they're throwing at one another. Uh, and so it just reminded me of kind of like that, uh, 
that uh, old Daily Show video or clip where the LARPer pulls out the paper lightning bolt. It's lightning bolt, lightning bolt. I think it was fireball. 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 <laughs> yeah. It was that, is that uh, desperately, it was as much as that desperately nerdy through their conversations at the end as well. Yeah. Anything you want to mention else about the story or characters? No, I think you touched upon all of it. I think, uh, I, I, I'll give Warren uh, his dues here. The kid's non-existent. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah, yeah there's kids here. There's kids. Yeah. And uh, I'll give Guillermo his due and say The Force Awakens sucked. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I like that movie. But Guillermo hates it, and I have to represent everyone here. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, so we'll move on to the production and the technology of this movie. And I would just like to start off by just wondering, like, uh, I guess this is like one of Keanu's like self, uh, self like uh, published or self produced movies that he's done. Uh, kind of like uh, what was that, the '76 Ronin, or uh, oh, really? yeah, or I mean, I think John Wick is something that he financed personally too. Hmm. But John Wick's amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but uh, I'm always I was wondering like throughout this movie how did it get made because it does look like someone just brought some digital cameras to someone's house and they told people to grab like sci-fi props they made in college or steal them from a studio and they stole them from random studios. So like the AR visor looked like it was out of a cyberpunk thriller. The uh, mem drives looked like they were from Halo. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the robot looked like it was from iRobot. So it's like they they wanted they knew they wanted to add sci-fi somehow and they weren't sure how to do it. So they're like, oh, I saw that cool thing once. Let's do that. And they just added it to the movie into this person's kitchen. It was hilarious how they did it. <laughs> well, I mean, the problem is that whoever was designing props in a set also had to double as the background office workers because this movie <laughs> starred three people. It starts, yeah. and I think it had, I, I think it literally, I looked at the cast list on IMDb and it's under 20 people, I would bet. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they had to fill the office scenes and I don't think this movie had a big enough budget to hire extras. So they probably just like, oh, yo, you, yeah, stop working on whatever you're working on and just put it in the, th- in the background. But you also work around the background and then press some buttons somewhere because uh, we don't have that many people. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's it, it was so weird because like you're you want to say there were some neat visuals here, but none of the visuals were very cohesive at all. Yeah. Um, and I think like the ending has just I I guess they decided you know what, we're wrapping up this movie. It kind of doesn't make sense. It's kind of bad. What's the goofiest, weirdest shot we can end on is a robot in a power suit. <laughs> and I don't mean a like soldier power suit. I mean a 80s business power yeah. suit. Yeah, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, what is this, a sequel? Like, are we going to watch like a series of this robot just try and take over the world? Let's follow Robo Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> Also, wasn't that the same plot as uh, Get Out? Old, uh, old guy tries to go into a younger body. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, but they bro- use robots in this one. On, uh, on the technical side of things, uh, I think you kind of alluded to this, that it was all like medium shots, except for two. 
<laughs> yeah. that I remember. It was all just medium. There's no far establishing shots. There's no close-ups on actors or actresses' faces. It's just medium from the waist to a foot above their head for every single one. The two times they changed, or the one time they changed it was they had this weird, it's like almost like a MySpace angle. Do you remember, uh, audience, uh, Ryan Dowd, if you remember the MySpace angle where it was like, Right above your head at an angle and then down yeah. on you. Bright light on you. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. did that in one conversation. I think it was between Will and – or William and his boss. Um, they did the weird MySpace angle and it was an actual artsy shot. But it was so out of place because the entire rest of the movie was shot from this this, this mid, mid-range like approach. Um, you had you had the bo- most boring car chase in the world. Again, it's, it's like – all right, well, we'll zoom halfway out and then show the thing and then move on. Like, there was no movement on the camera whatsoever. There wasn't yeah. even good CGI. Like, I could forgive bad camera movement because you're just going to say, all right, we're going to CGI everything in the background. This is what George Lucas famously did for the prequels, where he had crap cinematography, but he thought that he could just make so much crap going on in the background that people would think it's interesting. And it wasn't. You know, it's just it looks horrible. Um they didn't even do that. Like, there was nothing interesting going on in the background of this movie. And then the CGI they did use, that freaking robot walking around was laughably bad. It's yeah. like they, they cracked, like, I don't know, Adobe Premiere 4, and were like, all right, let's build this robot in it and, like, <laughs> see if it can work. Yeah. I mean, that robot was hilariously uh, just very cheap on the screen. Uh, and it was it was pretty funny just because... There's moments in this movie where the soundtrack is ramping up to like build out tension, especially like arguments between Will and Ed when they're talking about like, oh, you need four vats instead of three. You always hear like near the end of the argument and everything, the music just start getting like very fast bass or fast uh, load notes to it. So it's like something shocking is about to happen, but it never happens. And, or the thing that happens is Keanu crying in the rain. And he <laughs> cries in the rain like multiple times in this movie. Um, but uh, I thought it was funny. Like you think at the end of the movie that um, you're, there's things that have been so cheesy in this movie. It's like, is Keanu going to like walk in and just John Wick these government agents and save his family? And I'm like, no, he doesn't. But you know what? He built, has a robot John Wick government agents for him. And he just like grabs them and tosses them across the room and that's it. So there's like zero conflict to make this movie feel the tension they try to build up at any moment in this movie so as well. I'm actually glad they didn't have him John Wick it because the entire movie he was just shown as like this nerdy little scientist guy. And I was afraid. I was like, oh, dude, they're just going to turn him into a badass for the last 20 minutes because it's it's they got John Wick, you know, to play their movie. And they didn't, which made more sense. They actually kept someone in character for the only time in the movie. The only time yeah. anyone did anything related to their character was that scene. But when you got an assassin robot who's basically the same person because he is the same person, yeah. it doesn't matter. He even acknowledges it. He says, yeah, feel like me. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> whatever that means yeah um but uh yeah it's um oh i totally forgot what i was gonna say but uh but uh it's uh it they they do have all these like very standard tropes that you see coming a mile away up 
one suggestion I would have is like, why don't they just go all the way with their tropes and just have Keanu get shot and killed, and then Robo Keanu is the new dad and has to figure out like, okay, do I do I figure out a way to use the my boss to my advantages at the end, like the Robo Keanu does to set up like, I guess his his empire of replicating bodies and putting people's memories in it and making billions of dollars. Sure, fine, whatever. Uh, but um, I think like if they took human Keanu out of the picture that his whole obsession was bringing his own family back, that he's the one that dies at the end, and now it's up to the robot out of obligation to take care of this family. I thought that had been a neat twist. Well, you raise a good point again. Yeah. That would be kind of cool if they you dealt with replicants that which is just blade runner i'm sorry i every single time i see this i just all i can think of is blade runner because of replicants <laughs> even when you talk about the score i was like yeah someone saw blade runner tw- uh, 2049 it was like <laughs> all right let's do like a cheesy knockoff of the score because that's all they did um right. but that would be interesting to see if uh you replaced someone without anyone else knowing it. And then the implications of that, like you replicate Keanu, show him die, but have no one else see him die. Like maybe he dies in, in front of only Richard and the evil boss. And then Richard somehow gets away. You know, he's like hiding behind a case, sees him die. And then he clones him by himself and then introduces him back with his family, you know? And then you have this, like you, you have this, the same thing from Blade Runner where you don't know if someone's a replicant or if they're the real person. Um, right. And then, you know, get to go the philosophical route, which I think they tried to do in this movie, as your two gentlemen had kind of alluded to. But, um, you know, is there any functional difference between the replication who has a complete memory and the same body of, or, or is, or is it the same person? Um, and you could have ended the movie on that one where that question of like, oh, was I just watching a clone or was I watching the original do this stuff? Uh, yeah, and I mean, they decide to end the movie with Keanu's character getting everything he wanted. So like, even though he struggles with getting rid of Zoe's memory out of the house and pulling the memory, um, like all the memory uh, paths out of their brains and everything about Zoe. That in the end, it's like, oh, let's let me bring back Zoe, and we're all a happy family again. Yep. The end. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. Not the most, quite. Because uh, they had to go super crazy on that and introduce the uh, Dubai money super cloning factory. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and um, yeah, the kingpin android, yeah, which is yeah. hilarious. Jesus. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to mention about the production and technology? Uh, usage in this movie? Um, not necessarily. I think we touched upon a lot of it. You know, um, one thing I will mention is that uh, from a production standpoint, they still haven't made back the advertising cost of this. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, like, like we should we should remark on this that we kind of saw like a interesting movie. This movie came out yeah. at a time when there's nothing really in the theaters to compete with it, right? Like. I think yeah, I, there's absolutely nothing in the. I think right. like the Save My Dog movie was the number two movie in the in the world, or at least in the states. This oh week. yeah, it did it did a killing. I, but I but I thought a killing was like 
eight million dollars. And we're we're a yeah. couple months away from seeing Captain Marvel, which is probably going to make, you know, close to two hundred million dollars opening weekend, depending on how many countries they open up in. Right. Where it's, so it's like insane, that, like the markup between what the most popular movie and this movie made two point five million dollars, which is insane. Do you know what they charge for movie tickets this day and age? That's like 17 seats legitimately yeah. <laughs> like it's it's something special that we saw uh from a production standpoint how did not one person be like maybe no <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. let's just let's just edit it down maybe it could be kind of an interesting 20 minute short movie that we do at like some indie art festival so keanu reeves can maintain some like indie credit even though he has all the indie credit in the world because he's freaking Keanu Reeves and he doesn't need to prove anything to anyone. Um, but like maybe we edit this down to like a 20, 30 minute film. Yeah. Who, why, why did it get made? Or might as well have done it as an online short, like in between breaks on John Wick (laughs) three. But, uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to give some final thoughts on this movie. So Mr. Blewett, uh, what are some uh, final thoughts that you have for, replicas first of all i'm gonna go with this as my backdoor entry into the matrix that (laughs) this is the brain technology and simulation technology and memory altering altering technology that the robots used to enslave us at some point uh also this movie is basically like someone saw the first uh like couple episodes of westworld season one and then thought about all the philosophical questions. Like, again, that scene where we talked about where Alice Leaves starts to remember is basically just the reveries, you know? Right. It's like they saw that and thought about, like, thought about it from, like, a high school English professor's or English student's, like, mind. Be like, what are they really yeah. asking? And then never answered it because they're all adolescents that don't actually know how to answer a single freaking question. What's another word for cornerstone? Uh watershed yeah 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 (laughs) it's to me it's bad it's not even bad enough that it's good like there's no parts that i i like laughed out loud you know like the acting was bad but it wasn't like overacted in a bad way like no no one was like tommy was out the story was stupid uh it tried to ask too many questions and then just never answered them i would skip this let's keep it at 2.5 million um yeah sorry i didn't like this movie yeah 18 people should not go see this yeah (laughs) yeah we don't want to double its revenue right (laughs) um yeah and i would agree i mean this is definitely a very bad movie but uh one thing i did appreciate is keanu just decided to go full hammy keanu in this movie and for that, I found it entertaining because Hammy Keanu is just as entertaining as badass, kick-ass Keanu as well. Uh, and I think like this is his best bad performance since Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> and so I think it's definitely up there with like uh, he's just Keanu tr- f- trying to force emotions just doesn't work. You need to keep him as objective of a character as possible for him to actually work on the screen and so i'm still excited to see what john wick 3 brings us this year but uh definitely skip this movie if you can and with that this was been our review of replicas 
uh, starring Keanu Reeves, Alice Eve, and Thomas Middleditch. Uh, you can find more of our work at a lot of different places that I'll mention soon. But, Mr. Shredder, uh, what's going on in your world that people can reach you at? Uh, nothing really right now. Um, you can check us out on My News Music or My News Band on most major platforms to listen to some good old butt rock. Uh, I wish that was like a Nickelback cover thing, but our band name is literally a butt joke. Um, we have a show sometime in February. Our drummer just had a kid, which I think I've mentioned that on the pod before. Um, and so that's kind of slowed us down a little bit. Uh, it slowed down's a wrong word. It's a, it's a cool moment. Cute kid. Um, yeah. Also, I got nothing good for Jesse Rand. I was I was thinking about like this movie kind of was so bad that it knocked my funny vibe out of the out of it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it just don't see this movie. <laughs> Jesse is cooler than replicas at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> just watch Jesse poke people in the eye. <laughs> watch Jesse eat uh, chocolate ice cream. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch that actually. That's a it's a good website. Yep. My free Jesse Cams.com. Yeah. Jesse on the <laughs> deep web. Yep. But uh I am the mouth of South Island. You can find me on Twitter. Um probably hawking some memory drives if you need them. I sell them for dirt cheap, especially the ones that uh have any last names Jenner or um or Trump. <laughs> but you can find me doing that on Twitter at Brylon, B-R-I-L-U-N-D. You also find me on Instagram posting many movie and TV reviews at I am Brylon. I recently put one up for tidying up with Marie Kondo. So just check that. Go ahead and check that out. And if you want to continue to check out all of our podcasts and the cool work we do here as the Down and Front Podcast, go to our website, downandfrontpodcast.com. We are all over social media everywhere. So find us on Twitter at underscore DIFP. Find us on Facebook, Down and Front Podcast. And we also have a Patreon. So if you'd like to uh, donate to our worthy causes so we can continue to bring continue to bring great movie reviews and also great reviews of bad movies uh feel free to go to patreon.com slash down from podcast and with that we have been the down and from podcast and y'all have a great night keep on sipping bye-bye bye